you haven't lived until you've heard the show Americans are talking about. The show that launches its listeners to the height of humanity. The audio hour that travels the landscape of adventure. The sound that comforts more than the clip of your first bolt. <sighs> it's the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. <laughs> Where Outdoor Adventure summits the airwaves. It is the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. I'm your host, Brandon Long, on play with you for the next hour. In studio with me today is the one and only Todd to the top. Hey, Todders. Big round of applause, round of applause. Also in studio with me are some visitors. Very important visitors. Some very important visitors um, that are going to help give us a feel for what it's like to visit Ogden when you live from out of state. Go ahead, introduce yourself, you guys. Hey, guys. I'm David. David and Susan. Susan, and where are you from? We hail from Virginia. Virginia, so um, ski Virginia, right? Is that uh, uh, ice, <laughs> ice Virginia? Ice Virginia. <laughs> Very good. This is the Fab Love episode of the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show, which includes plenty of news stories and uh, events. I have a ton of events. Some of the news stories includes uh, the tour of Utah stages. A man survives an avalanche locally here. Uh, there's a teenage amputee camp up at PCMR right now. Uh, Americans dominated the ski halfpipe. Burton U.S. Open hosts the best. Um, Vaughn says it's part of ski racing. World famous shovel races returns. In case you've been training for that. There's a, yep. There's a ski collision death. Red Bull Ultra Natural is well on its way. Uh, the setup anyway. Is Andre now the best climber in the world? Could yes. he be? Yes. The answer is yep. yes. Uh, Bear Grylls returning to Discovery Channel. And Bam Bam the Bighorn dies. Not good. We'll That's what we do, though. We, we like to cover death on our show. Yeah. Uh, for Gear 30, it's sort of sad. Um, there's not a lot of gear. We have the Hydropack Soft Flask and the Strap and Crap. Have you heard of that? I like Probably the not. idea of the yeah. Soft Flask. Yeah. The, um, the Strap and Crap. We'll play the video for it. It's, it's a joke, but we'll, yeah, you, you'll see. It could come in handy. You never know. Uh, skill session, never get pumped again. My lands, Utah Dams want more protection for Canyon lands. All this and more on the Feb Love episode of the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show. So, let's charge. He summits with the agility of a mountain goat. Flashes routes faster than UPS. Is more intimate in the mountains than Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Todd to the top. This is it. This is it right here, right? You recognize this? So, Todd, you said you have some news stories. I do have a couple. Yeah? I picked one in particular for somebody in the studio. I think I'll appreciate this story. So. Okay. All right. Now, it's lovely day today, so we know what that means. Probably going to get dumped on, but... Yeah, it's going to snow this weekend. But... Uh, get ready to pack up the snowblower and park out. Break out the lawnmower and short sleeve shirts because spring is coming early this year. Oh, yeah? So saith the llama. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I thought yeah. it was a groundhog. Oh, just wait. Yeah. From his warm barn and spacious pasture at Windstar Farm in Oxford Township, Tudor, the famous weather prognosticating llama made his annual prediction on February 2nd, the date the rest of the world refers to as Groundhog Day. The rest of the world. I like that. Let's just say everyone. Oxford resident Mark Carries, who owns the quaint little farm and cares for Tudor, describes the scene. Right around 7.30 a.m., we stepped out to the barn and looked around. It was cloudy and there were snow flurries, so there was no shadow. According to popular folklore, if the groundhog, or in this case, llama, does not see its shadow, it's a sign that an early spring is just around the corner. I know right now it doesn't seem like we're going to get one, but it's still early, Harry said. Tudor's not the only furry creature out there who predicted a premature end to old man winter's icy rain. His nationally recognized... 
competitor, Punxsutawney Film, did not see a shadow in Pennsylvania. That's true. That's true. Over in Livingston County, Michigan, the lesser-known Woody the Woodchuck, who resides at the Howell Nature Center, predicted an early spring as well. Two other famous groundhogs also did not see their shadows. They are Wharton Willie of Ontario, Canada, and Jimmy the Groundhog. That's my favorite one. Well, I, you know what? I think they all text each other anyway. And say, you know, are we going to see our shadow tomorrow? You know, what are we going to do? Let's all plan this. No, they posted to their yeah. Facebook. Or, yeah. Well, but in, until the llama has his own as a uh, Hollywood movie premiere with Bill Murray, I'm not buying it, dude. Which I saw the other day. Did you really? No, I saw it on the day. Good. I've always been talking about. We need to see it. I need to see it. And you see it on the day, and you saw it on the day. Anyway, so I was not familiar with um, Tudor. So even though it's supposed to snow this weekend, we're predicting... We still got an early spring. An early spring. Nice. Which is fine for me. (laughs) All right, and I got a story for somebody else here. Let's see. Um, For more than three years, various sightings of a large hairy beast in the Mount Shoria region. This is... uh, Uh, outside of Russia. This is a Bigfoot story. Bigfoot-like creature roaming a mountainous region in southern Russia turns out to be a North American bear that may have escaped from a circus. It just walks on its hind legs? (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's a Bigfoot, for sure. Yeah. Uh, A DNA expert from Oxford University has analyzed one of the hairs and found it belonged to a rare black bear from North America. Which well, is that is, yeah, that guy's lost. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. The hairs did not come from a Yeti. Uh, that's too bad. Because the Ameri- they, they had to use a Yeti hair to make sure it didn't match, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Asiatic black bears can be found in Russia, but they are relatively small, smaller than their North American cousins. But that's why it was out of the norm, because it apparently what escaped from a circus, a zoo, or private collection. They should have known. I mean, one look at the hair, they should have known it wasn't a typical Bigfoot hair. They should know. They should they're, they're Bigfoot. Apparently, they don't know about Bigfoot. You do. Yeah. No, I do. I do. And I know why you know. Yeah. What is the Bigfoot Chronicles? Or? Uh, no. It, uh, on Animal Planet? Yeah. What's the name of that one? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, but I've, I, you cannot make it through a full an entire episode. It's impossible. There's so much fun, <laughs> There's so much fun, though. Kids okay. can, though. Kids love that stuff. And when I say kids, I mean like the eight-year-olds, yeah. you know, not like... Or me. I love yeah. that stuff, yeah, it's fun. It's typical uh, Sasquatch behavior when they do certain things, like throw rocks. Did you hear that noise in the background? It's typical Squatch behavior right there. Yeah. Oh, they know their stuff. They do. They, I mean, they've been at it. The BFRO, the Bigfoot something, Re- Research Observatory. So I have no idea what that stands for. But yeah. Organization. Organization, yeah. That would be my guess. With the yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Observatory. That's what they do. <laughs> I did, but I also pulled the Bear Grylls story. Oh, Should you did? I go ahead and cover it real quick? Did. Yeah, go for it. He's um, returning. Bear Grylls is coming yeah. back to Discovery Channel. Uh, he'll re- return to Discovery with a new survival-themed show. Surprise, surprise. I think you should do like a cooking show or something. Uh, less than a year after cutting ties with the company over a contract dispute. Ultimate Survivor, that's what it's going to be called, will feature Grylls as he travels around the world to inhospitable environments like the Sahara and the Amazon rainforest and reenacts history's most harrowing tales of survival. I think both Discovery Channel and Bear Grylls finally realized they couldn't live without each other. They had to get back together. and They can't. It's like one of those couples, yeah. Yep. They could try. but yeah, They could fight all they want, but you know they're getting back together. But they're so bad for each other. They're terrible. But they're, they're going to make a lot of money for each other. Good on them. Bear Grylls has teamed up with Craghoppers out of the UK, and they have a big line of Bear Grylls. Everything you name it, pants, yeah. clo- knives, stand-up paddle boards Camping that are bear grills. Um, yeah, but the pants are actually the one thing that I would pro- I would maybe purchase. Uh, they're utility pants that he wears on the show, and they're, they're pretty cool. But everything else is a little overbuilt, mostly or a lot overbuilt. Yeah, it does make you look so, good in that area. Uh, thank you. I'm <laughs> just saying that. So <laughs> <laughs> I have some local stories. Let's talk about yeah. local stories. Uh, the tour of Utah. This time they're kind of changing the footprint this year. This summer when it comes out, will be announced um, that the tour will not actually go through Ogden this year. The first stage of the tour will go from Bryanhead to Cedar City. Stage two will go from Penguich to Torrey. Stage three, Richfield to Payson. Stage four, so they start, you know, they're gonna they're doing the whole Southern Utah thing this year which they haven't really done. And now they're going to come, they'll make their way up to 
the north. So Salt Lake City will be stage four. And then check it out. Stage five, August 10th, will begin at Snow Basin Resort. And they'll ride from Snow Basin to Snowbird Resort. Yeah. Piece of cake, right? I can barely drive that. I get my hands get tired, you know, it's so far. They gotta ride their bikes. And then stage six, the last stage is from Park City to Park City. What they do is they get on their bikes, they get off, and they get back on their bikes, and they're they've arrived. So uh, that's the last stage. That is August 6th through August 11th. That'll be cool. So congratulations to Snow Basin for hosting a stage and the beginning of a stage. And that'll be fun this summer. Head up there and party, that's a big party race. with them. No, it's 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 huge. Uh, a man was buried in an avalanche, but he was rescued quickly thanks to his beacon. And we just went to a avalanche awareness class at Slackwater on Tuesday night. Are you aware now? I, I'm aware that there are avalanches in the backcountry. I guess <laughs> well when there's played. snow. This is what they get everybody yeah. together at Slackwater. Are you aware? Okay, then let's drink and eat. They, well, they didn't even do that. It's, it's drink and eat first. <laughs> And then they say, oh, by the way, if you're thinking about going in the backcountry, there's these things called avalanches. Be aware. You should wear a beacon, uh, buy a shovel, and a, and a probe, and make sure you're safe back there. So, uh, But yeah, this guy's 36 years old. He was briefly buried in an avalanche. He was in the West Bowl of Silver Fork Canyon Sunday. He was rescued by skiers. Um, it seems like he went by himself, but in an area that was sort of popular. So uh, he went to ski down the... Yeah, he went, down, he went to ski down the mountain by himself. But luckily, there were people around that That's saw. It's just a him. nightmare for me, especially the ones when we when we talk about the the tree wells, like the face down. Yeah, That's tree just, wells. That's that it. is a nightmare. They'll find you in the spring, dude. If oh, that you're is lucky. a nightmare for me. Yeah. Do you guys know what tree wells are? No, no, not exactly. So tree wells are when the snow builds up around trees and it's really powdery and stuff. If you get too close to a tree, um, it sinks. Like so, you could you could go head first down to down the tree well. To, where the snow is built up and you can't get out because your feet are sticking up and your head's sticking down and you just, you're stuck. And, and you can't get out, you die. Head so down. it's a tree well. Yeah. So you shake your feet around until someone sees you. It's bad news. Mm-hmm. So always ski with a partner. With a buddy. And with a buddy. Mm-hmm. It's a buddy sport. Yes. So and that's when all the, be- all the beacons yeah. and, and, you know, everything that you could possibly want. Yeah, a beacon doesn't work if you're by yourself. Well, I guess it does work, but really no one can find you. So this is kind of cool. A teenage amputee a party, basically. Um, they're enjoying the slopes up in Park City right now. This is from the Deseret News. Teenage amputees from around the world have converged on Park City Mountain Resort this week, learning new skills, making connections with other youths who understand the challenges they face. The participants have been hitting the slopes day uh, by day and then going to like swimming and bowling uh, activities at night as part of a skiing and snowboarding camp held by the Shriners Hospital for Children. The 16 youths ages 13 to 18 at the, get it, get this, it's the Unlimited Amputee Camp, hail from as far away as Chile, but each receives prosthetic and limb treatments in Salt Lake City. Nice. I know they're renowned for that. Uh, The Shriners are. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, Oh, Weber State's telling me I'm a guest. Thanks, Weber State. I appreciate that. Also have some snowboarding skiing news. After all these years, are you still a guest? Well, I was a student. Yeah. And I forgot my student login, and so now I'm a guest. Are you on f- like full service, these are or are you a guest stories. too? No, these are these are ones I already had bookmarked. I got the pinwheel spin thing going. Pinwheel spin happens when I start to uh, load too many pages on my thing. So there's a lot of competitions. It's you know the middle of winter. It's actually only the middle of winter. It feels like winter's been going on for a while now. But yeah, we found a good winter. Just now in the middle of winter, so there's still time to get out there and. Get your ride on, ski on. But the world's best riders are going to compete at compete at the Burton U.S. Open. It's the 31st annual Burton U.S. Open Snowboarding Championships presented by Mini. I'm ready. Mini, M-I-N-I. They have announced an impressive list of confirmed riders all on deck to compete for the first time in Vail, Colorado from February 25th to March 2nd. Some of the biggest names in snowboarding are confirmed, including Sean White, Mark Mac. Uh, Mark that? McMorris, Sean White, yeah, never heard of him. Um, <laughs> Kelly Clark, Tor Bright, Jamie Anderson, Yuri Podlochnikov. Ah, no, you no, nailed I was close. It. No, no, I didn't. You did. It's Podlochnikov, not Kiv. Podloch, Podlochnikov. You apologize. Yuri, I think it's iPod for short. It's iPod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and more. They're all heading to Vail Mountain for the Burton U.S. Open slope style and half pipe competition. If you can get a ticket to that, that would be amazing. Because nothing says. Winter transportation 
like a mini. It's like a mini. Those yeah. things are a beast, actually. That's like a V-Dub only, all-wheel drive and You'd beast probably mode. do all right, didn't yeah. Yeah. Uh, The U.S. Open's one of the snowboarding legendary events, and some of the best com- competition memories are of competing at Vail for me. This is, says Sean White. Um, yeah, that's why Mini picked up this sponsorship deal, because they want everyone to know, look, our cars handle weather. They get They're you to the resort. Yeah. Do you remember the Red Bull? Um, I think they called it Supernatural last year. It was uh, with Travis Rice, but they've changed the name to the Ultra Natural. Good. <laughs> it's a much better, better name. Yeah. <laughs> Supernatural apparently was taken this year, so they had to use <laughs> Ultra Natural. Backcountry snowboard competition uh, evolves as Travis Rice and 15 others of the world's top riders prepare to drop into an updated course designed to crown the world's best all-around snowboarders. Now, some of the uh, environmentalists are questioning a little bit this this course because what they do is they go up to Canada and they spend all summer cutting down trees and building these huge, like you guys in the studio can see, like this guy standing up on this ledge, these huge kickers and platforms and features that these giant snowboarders are going to hit out in the backcountry. Oh, wow. it's, it's out of a resort. Um, space. They just take the huge mountain and and turn it into a playground. It takes them all summer to do it. Sponsored by Red Bull. And then they invite the world's best snowboarders in the world and it is a competition. I said world twice. It's a competition where they combine like big mountain skiing with park and free riding. It's all in one to see who really is the best snowboarder in the world. And they hit these features and boy would it be cool to watch. 32,000 acres is, is what they have to operate on. It's the Baldface Lodge or Baldface up there. So pretty crazy. Uh, that's happening. Look for more on that at Transworld Business. Ultra. Ultra. Don't look for it the other way. You're not going to find it. Uh, the Super. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. no longer Super. It's now Ultra. What are they going to do next year, you think? Magna? I don't know. No, there's got to be something that's above Ultra. And I Ult- think we should talk about it right now here. Let's <laughs> email them and see if they use it. <laughs> Supra. <laughs> any uh, any uh, ideas? Oh, I'm thinking like Mega. Mega is good. Yeah. Gigant. Titanic. Mondo. No, no, Mondo is good. Yeah. yeah. Someone's like vacuuming outside, so if you can hear that. <laughs> like a salt. I don't know what's too many Christmas. They're gonna, trying to break into the studio here. <laughs> also, this is uh, this is good news for all of you shovel racers out there. Okay, you have to admit, have you ever? Jumped oh, yeah. on your shovel and gone down a ski yeah. hill. It's I don't usually know not if like a traditional like snow shovel. They got to be one of those kind of deep ones. That, this, uh, yeah, but this look sounds at, a little dangerous. This shovel racing is re- traditional. Did like there's a handle in in the yeah, unit yeah. area and everything. Oh, that's yeah. my question. Does yeah. it go in the front? Or but the back? he is wearing a helmet. Okay. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, so, yeah. a full face helmet yeah. with the yeah. But it's back. It's it's on. So I mean, did it ever really leave though? Did it? It's always been a little right underground here, sport. Right yeah. here in my heart. Yeah. Can, <laughs> it's an underground sport. You can it's find it at any backcountry hill. Uh, the taste of Louisiana is coming to Angel Fire Resort as com- competitors of all ages are once again waxing up their snow shovels for the legendary Angel Fire Shovel Race Championship happening over Mardi Gras weekend this Friday and Saturday. The challenge is fairly simple. Competitors sit on the scoop of a standard aluminum snow shovel, handle pointed downhill, and then lift their hands and feet to allow gravity to take them for a ride. Each rider gets two shots to the cl- the, to clock the fastest time down the front of Angel Fire Ski Mountain. Two rides to glory. Listen to this. Top speeds regularly exceed 60 miles an hour. That's fast. Um, you got to have certain wax for that, though. Shovel, <laughs> shovel racing began as a simple contest here in the 1970s when our lift operators, I'm sure they were a little inebriated, would ride their shovels down the mountain at the end of their shifts, explains Andy Whitaker. Or Whit- Whitacer. Something. <laughs> well, that's close enough. Mountain Operations of Angel Fire Resort. Um, it has since grown into a crazy competition on the mountain that includes speed suits, costumes, radar guns, and no year is ever the same as competitors always try to outdo each other every season. The organized competition has been held for over 30 years at Angel Fire Resort, and racers are expected from all corners of the country. The event was even featured by national news outlets, including ESPN, 
MTV, ABC Sports, and the Travel Channel because shovel racing is huge. I was also once featured, it was also a once featured spot during the early years of the Winter X Games. No word on making the Olympics anytime soon. But this year, the event will include, Susan, you'll be happy to know, a women's in media shovel race competition. Yeah. Uh, where women in New Mexico television, this is very specific, <laughs> will print and print media will compete for bragging rights as the fastest wom- woman in New Mexican television and print media down the hill on a shovel. That's very specific. <laughs> fastest shoveler. That's, <laughs> Uh, it's it's just her and her two co-workers yeah that's yeah, yeah children as young as six are invited to participate now wait a minute now, wait a minute wait a minute do we know someone that could possibly participate in this that is a new she's new to new mexico television oh we'll have to see um so we we'll see know, yeah yeah um children as young as six are invited to participate in the little scoop race category little, what, they're little gonna be ready for they're gonna be ready for soaky uh, cash and prizes will be given to the fastest competitors. And what do you win? The shovel? Uh, this The weekend's events will include a practice course for those not so radical to go down the full course the first time. Uh, the Mardi Gras themed shovel, food and shovel drinks. Shovel Bunny Hill. It is a, yeah. Live music. It's a party all around. That actually sounds like a blast. When can we organize that in our local resort areas? Snow Basin, Powder Mountain, Wolf Mountain. Take it on. Ready, go. They're missing out. Shovel races, man. World famous shovel races. In fact, yeah. Apparently, uh, Lindsey Vaughn is not a professional shovel racer. She's more of like she the. Does, what's that skiing? She does that. That I guess the real skiing thing. And we've all y'all heard she took a major spill this week. Um, she she wrecked, broke her leg. Um, she's out of competition for this year. Well, next year though is the Olympics, Winter Olympics, and uh, that'll be cutting it close to get her back in time. She tore her ACL and MCL. Uh, I hear that's not good. Nope. Yeah, definitely, definitely season-ending injury, and they're not so sure. She's remained optimistic about a return to the 2014 Olympic season, but until you get it's still a year off, so hopefully back on the snow, you never know. So um, she says um, that's a part of ski racing. If you let it get to you, you have no chance in ski racing. You're bummed out. Uh, you're bummed out for her, but you just have to move on from that, and you know you'll sh- she'll be back. What the? Who's saying this? Sometime your knee. Oh, it's Ted Liggety. Ted Liggety. You yeah. do it long enough, your knee is gonna spin around. In, yeah, in a complete circle. She hit it like a. She hit like a bump. It's not. They don't really call it jumps, but they're bumps, and you catch air. And she came down at a weird angle and caught an edge, and that was it. Game over. You, if you watch the video, it's terrible. You can hear her screaming in pain. Uh, not a friendly sight. I actually, I watched that video twelve times. <laughs> just isolated the pain scream though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, YouTube. What would we do without you? Uh, okay. Now this is a um, look. Don't hang out on the intermediate slopes. All right. This is this is the deal. Because you guys should all know this. And if you don't know this, this is us just kind of helping you out. When you go up skiing, snowboarding this weekend, the 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 easy runs, the green circle runs, or whatever, those are usually okay because everyone knows everyone on those types of runs are beginners. So if you're an expert or an intermediate, you tend to slow down. You're supposed to because that's, that's where the beginners hang out. And on the on the diamonds, black diamonds, and the double black diamonds, people are going a little pretty fast. And you got expert skiers up there. And so usually everyone's okay. It's the intermediates where everything converges and bad things happen, <laughs> right? So a skier uh, collision on Aspen Mountain left one dead. Um, stopping to clean her goggles, never a good idea, proved deadly on Monday for one skier from Pennsylvania on Colorado's Aspen Mountain. Nancy Eggleston, she was 48 years old, whose hometown was not immediately, ava- not immediately available. They called the hometown, I guess. Uh, was stopped on the intermediate Spar Gulch Trail near the bottom of an unspecified expert run on Aspen Mountain around 3.45 p.m. on Monday when she was struck by another unidentified skier. He's still on the loose. I don't know. Ski patrollers responded to the scene, found um, Eggleston unconscious and unresponsive. Advanced life-saving procedures provided unsuccessful, or proved unsuccessful, excuse me, according to an Aspen Skiing co- uh, Company statement. She was pronounced dead a short time later at the Aspen Valley Hospital. That's terrible. That's horrible. Uh, both skiers were actually wearing helmets, too. So, um, wear your helmet, don't clean your goggles, and on, on an intermediate run, get to the bottom. 
Get out of the way. I tend to not really stop on cat tracks anywhere because that's where everybody hangs out. Like, a lot you know, of traffic. Yeah, traffic. Uphill traffic coming down. So, and then that's about all the ski snowboard news we got. We do have the Adamandra could be the best climber in the world right now. He has climbed what is considered the world's hardest sport route, La Dura Dura in Oleana, Spain. Adams proposed a grade of 9B plus or 515C for the route. Also noted that he feels it's harder than his Norway route, Change, which is also a 515C. But he thinks this one's harder. So, way to go, Adamandra, making us all look bad. Um, what's, what's next? Because I had it. You know, I had it. And then he had to go do it before me. It was so close. You had to line up what this summer, right? You were going to hit I was, summer. I was, yeah. No, no longer am I making that trip. It's not even worth it to repeat at this point. So, um, Bam Bam, the Bighorn's dead. It's a song that we teach the little ones. Okay. <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> Bam Bam. Bam Bam, uh, the Bighorn. He's known for bashing cars. Uh, he's a Bighorn sheep named Bam Bam. Look at how cute he is, and too. You, you teach us the little ones? Yeah. Um he yeah, it was he hit Show vehicles. A remorse in your voice though, just a little bit. Well this come on. He, he messed story. he he ruined vehicles. <laughs> he headbutted vehicles at Wyoming Park and he died with his horns, likely of natural causes. He was the last survivor of this is actually the sad part, of the big horn sheep herd in Sinks Canyon State Park near Lander. Bam Bam became a local celebrity of sorts when he began showing up near the park's main road in 2007 and allowed people to pet him. He earned the name Bam Bam because he liked to headbutt vehicles. Fearing for the sheep's and visitor safety, park managers moved Bam Bam to an enclosed state facility near Wheatland in 2009, and Sinks Canyon superintendent said Bam Bam will be mounted by a taxidermist and put on display in the park city center or visitor center. How did he die? Natural causes, old age, whatever. He just died so natural. he wasn't bamming. He wasn't hit by a car or anything crazy like that. But he was like one of the original sort of bad boys of Rams. That's what I, you know. There's there's a long history of bad boys of Rams. Like a like a uh, what's that show? What's where they do stunts, stupid stunts? I'll bet he his buddies filmed all of them. There's oh, some yeah, 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 yeah. online Ram site. There- <laughs> <laughs> Where they're daring each other to do different things. I'm pretty sure there is one out there. I have a, I have this um, intro for Gear 30 that we haven't heard for a while because our Gear 30 guy is MIA. But I think we'll play it anyway today just because it is Gear 30. So let's give it a... Well, let's reminisce. Yeah, let's reminisce a little. OMG, who is that? Is that Gear Junkie James? <gasps> I heard his gear is so hot. Oh my gosh, he's so hot right he's now. He's so hot right oh. now. Gear Junkie James. The James is so Gear hot. Junkie James, he's a junkie, junkie, junkie. A junkie for gear. What's up, James? Where's your gear? Like, what's up, James? Where are you? Where is James? Where's James? Yeah, we I lost him. I saw him once, right when I moved back. And then he's gone. Yeah, now, James is working full-time at like what they call a real job. What? Apparently, the uh, co-hosting once a week for free on the uh, Outdoor Adventure Show wasn't paying much. So... <laughs> Hanging out with his <laughs> friends. Yeah, he decided to go like work. Weird. So yeah, it is Gear Junkie uh, Thirty, whatever Gear Thirty. Uh, we have the strapping crap. Uh, this was posted by Wind Magazine on Facebook, and they their only comment was really question mark or something like that. Like, come on, for real. Uh, this is the strapping crap. It is a startup company, and you can go to Indiegogo. For more information, um, you know, there's a little video here. Let's let's play the video. This will give you an idea of what exactly this thing does. Let's pause the, or did I pause that yet? Yeah, pause the pause the other music, and play this, and this will give you an idea here. My name is Laura Studi, and I'm the inventor of the strap and crap. Let's face it, going to the bathroom in the woods not fun for anyone. So that's why I invented this bad boy. It's a patent pending device that reduces thigh strain and makes it easier and more sanitary to go to the bathroom in the woods. In other words, it helps you lessen the chance of messing your pants. Seriously. A few years ago, <laughs> well, I got what? up with the discomfort <laughs> and disgustingness associated with squatting in the outdoors. Yeah, it's a highly uh, thought out, long time, you know, 
in development research, here. Like a I Kickstarter that project. It's a Kickstarter project, only it's on this new one called Strap or, uh, Indiegogo, sorry. Like camping, yeah. backpacking, hunting, or hiking. This is her running around in her video trying to find a place to use the restroom without her patented pending device, the Strava Crap. So uh, what it is is basically uh, yeah, paint us a, picture. a strap, right, that you put around a tree, and then you put it around your backside. And Though my initial prototypes we were hand-sewn and somewhat crude, the feedback I received propelled me towards an end product that makes squatting in the outdoors far easier and more sanitary than existing products. For the past year, I've been working with engineers and outdoors enthusiasts to refine the design and improve its durability and versatility. To use, you design. simply wrap the strap and crap around your waist and a tree that will support your weight. Clasp the carabiner to the loop on the open end. Adjust the strap size as necessary, then pull down your pants, lean back into the strap and do your business. There you go. The strap and crap it is, it's, is mold, it's that easy. and abrasion resistant. It's abrasion resistant. on the side allow you to add accessories. There's accessories. Like toilet paper, oh. bear bell, and hand sanitizer. Oh, comfortable though. Additional uses for the strap and crap like include securing other gear, hanging food out of the reach of hungry bears. There's additional uses. Even leashing your dog. Because you can use it as a dog you leash just in case. the dog before yeah. you squat. So, um, well, but I would like a crocheted you, one off of Etsy. <laughs> I tell you, that's the next best thing right there. If you can't make your designer own designer, designer strapper crafts coming up, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's actually launched. You know, she has a raised uh, goal. She used she to raise twelve thousand five hundred, and people have donated five hundred and thirty-four dollars so she's far. She's almost there. So she's just shy. <laughs> she's <laughs> almost there. Living, living the dream. Living the dream. Uh, if you think that that is something that you would be interested in, I have an idea. Make it yourself. It's not so that hard. So good luck, though. Yeah, good, good luck. Good luck, yeah. So Hydropack, they have a new, uh, what they call soft flask. It won the... By the way, thank you for finding that gym. I would never have known. I, right? That's what we're here for. Yeah, thank we, you. We share the love. We really so. should post more videos on the radio show. <laughs> we really should. Yeah. Um, this is a like a scrunchable water bottle, basically. Um, so imagine your little, like the Camelback version of a bottle, but it scrunches or folds up or whatever. So you can pack it away easily and then pull it out at your campsite and fill it up with water. So it's the, it won an ISPO award. It's made by Hydropack. So look for it at your favorite is stores. It, is ISPO a good thing? ISPO is a good thing. That is there a is, picture of it? Um, yeah, yeah, right here. It's... It's, that's it folded up. You, you can't really tell what it is right there. Like an accordion sort of. Just kind of. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Hydropack, and I know that brand too. So. Yeah. Well played. They, I mean, it's kind of like, why didn't we think of this before type yeah. of thing? But No, yeah. we do. I, that is actually, and congratulations, that is the, what are we up to now? The 25th thousandth water bottle design that you can buy now. If you can't, you know what's funny? Because you say that, but I still use the old-fashioned, just wide-mouth Nalgene. It's kind of my favorite. Yeah, I got the metal SIG over there, and I got like yeah. six Nalgenes at home. There's yeah. yeah. How many Nalgenes or, or, or water bottles do you guys have just hanging out at your house? Like a 14 million? Uh, I'm, I got my classic. Run over it with a car tire. It doesn't break. Yeah. Yeah. Throw that thing down mountains, and it sticks with me. Yeah. Uh, it's. Um, we talked Stick about... Stick with what works. Yeah. We talked about uh, Rock and Ice. Their new website? Yes. Yeah. They have an entire, I don't know, portion of their of their site now that is dedicated to like learning how to do how to do stuff, I guess. Um, What's the word how for to, that? How yeah, to. Yeah, it's like a how-to. How to climb, how to rock climb, how to track climb, how to boulder, how to sport climb. I mean, it's a whole how-to section. There, I pulled out an article. It's never get pumped again. Um, if you're, you know forearms inflate like balloons and your fingers always seem to uncurl just before the anchors this two-part series on endurance training is just what you're looking for in the last issue 192 they showed how to use an interval program to train for power endurance so this issue 193 they'll take a look at how to train low intensity endurance for longer routes this crucial crucial yet easily ignored area of training provides the key to recovering on the fly so there you go. There's some background info. The low-intensity endurance refers to climbing sequences that are longer than 60 or 70 hand moves, which may take longer than six or seven minutes to execute. It's crazy because you spend six or seven minutes 
bouldering or, or climbing, it, you start to get tired. It doesn't take very long. Mm-hmm. So they go through some of the jargon, and then they give you, like, out with the old, in with the new. The new is, uh, like, low-intensity endurance training sessions that can be done on a lead wall or an easy section of a bouldering wall. So um, rather than just going all out, do, like, some, some easy moves for a long period of time, basically. So, but it goes into like a whole breakdown of, of how to do it. There's a training structure and you could, how to set up your grades and how to do it. How many times to repeat it, your rest times. I mean, it gets like, you could geek out on this stuff. You really could. And some, sometimes I do. So, but I thought I would mention that on the, you know, how to, how to portion of the rock and ice site. There's a lot of good stuff on here. Access it and, uh, have a good time with it. So. It really is a great website. No, it is. Um, also, I Run Far is my favorite trail running website. They, every once in a while, will post how-to articles as well. They've done an ultra running bag of tricks is their latest one, and it's called Taking Control of Your Race. And they go through training, what kind of terrain, um, doing too much, like how not to overdo it. or and how you know They talk about doing too little even if you're trying to train for a 100-miler. Talk about race tactics. The ego is mighty, my friend. The ego is mighty on race tactics. Equipment, what you need, what you you know, what kind of shoes, packs, the kind of stuff, what kind of hands-free bottles or packs or whatever you want to use. Uh, nutrition, what to eat while you're on the road, trail running, weather, what to do, type, what to expect when you're out there, and then course and race logistics and my favorite coping mechanisms. The, uh, you know, why would I try to run a hundred miles? This is when you're out there, you need a coping mechanism. There's really, let's be honest. There's no good answer to that question. It's because it's their answer. Yeah. So good stuff from ironfar.com. I'm going to, I would read the article to you. It's like 17 pages long. So, uh, no, it's not, it's shorter than that, but it's, it's good stuff. I think you should read the middle one, like page six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Nutrition. Do you guys want to hear about nutrition? No, not really. Okay. Uh, that's all I had. Now uh, we've had this inversion thing going on, and there was a big like uh, meeting of the minds to tell the governor that do something. <laughs> because the governor wasn't part of that meeting. Of the minds. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I anyway, hope that went well. I wasn't there. I don't know. What, I don't know what happened there. But also speaking of. Um, doing something. The Utah Democrats want more protection for canyon lands. This is the My Lands segment. You guys know anyone who uses the phrase My Lands? Oh, My Lands. Mm, Isla, Isla, Isla. My Lands. lands. Um, Utah Democrats are calling on federal officials to protect the greater canyon lands region for outdoor recreation. The resolution drafted for action by the Utah legislature stops short of endorsing a national monument. However, more than a hundred outdoor recreation companies in November formally petitioned President Barack Obama to designate a monument surrounding Canyonlands National Park near Moab. Utah Democrats, excuse me, Utah Democrats say they want to take a collaborative approach on protecting the region without presidential action. Newly elected Senator Jim DeBacchus is sponsoring the resolution. It calls for the federal government to keep undeveloped the larger region of the canyons, mesa tops, and other landmarks in southern Utah. This is according to uh, the Associated Press, which was republished in the Standard Examiner. For more information, check it out there. So, I read a little bit, kind of a follow-up to that. This was just released today. Poll says most in Utah want to protect public lands. Public lands. So it's not just one side. Yeah. Majority of, of Utah. It's like 70, so it's like 51%? No. Uh, 78%. 74%. 74. Even in Utah where the political leadership intends to wrest control of federal land, 74% say these places support the economy and recreation as opposed to thwarting job creation. So There you go. All it takes is getting out once or twice, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll think about preserving Speaking that. Speaking of time. getting out, uh, events, I sort of skipped over these, and there's like a lot. There's a lot. So, you guys are in from out of town. You're like, what is there to do in Ogden? Wh- honestly. You know? All right, just keep eyeballing those mountains behind it. Right? It's kind of yeah. hard not to say, let's go skiing every day. Yep. So, uh, February 7th, today, 
through the 10th. I think you already had to be signed up for this, but just in case, you might be able to call right now up the uh, Weber State University Outdoor Program. They are hosting a Avalanche Level 1 certification course, 801-626-6373 for more information, weber.edu backslash outdoor. Also, tonight is the Weber State Outdoor Program Kayak Roll Session. It's, um, if you are, you know, you can be a student or general public, doesn't matter. If you have your own kayak, it's eight bucks. If you don't have your own kayak and you need to borrow somebody else's, you show up with a swimsuit and a towel and a $20 and you can go learn how to roll a kayak right here on campus. Um, tomorrow, it's the WSU Outdoor Program Free Bus to Snow Basin. So if you don't feel like driving to Snow Basin, anyone in the general public or student, students uh, up here at campus, can take the free bus to Snow Basin. Just hook up at uh, the outdoor program. It is free. And then Saturday is the Weber State University Ski Day at Wolf Mountain. So uh, it's 17.50 from 9 to 9. You can ski the entire resort from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. for 17.50. You just got to show your Weber State University ID. Uh, which is great. So, <laughs> uh, general public, expect a lot of Weber State students up there on that day. Weber Pathways Morning Snowshoe is also on this Saturday at North Fork Park. And then uh, the Wolf Mountain Terrain Park Slope Style and Rail Jam is, well, um, I think it's the same day. Yeah, so it's the Wolf Mountain Weber State Ski Day is the same time they're doing their uh, train Park Slope Style Rail Jam, and it starts at 11 a.m. It's 10 bucks if you want to compete in that. That'll be I, fun. I need to start working on I need to make some – how hard is it make some Weber State fake IDs? Oh, it's got to be easy. It's got to be. Yeah, no, I have no idea. I'll start with $17.50. You know what you could price. do? Take a class, you know, and, and pay for it in and the everything. Next, in yeah. the next few days. In the next few days, and then go get your ID, and you're good to go. You can save a ton of money that way. <laughs> Um, one credit or something. <laughs> yeah, full one Hitting. credit. <laughs> February 10th, so that is this Sunday, yours truly will be hosting or leading, guiding, whatever. Uh, it is a free snowshoe hike on the Skyline South Trail. So show up with your snowshoes at the top of North Ogden Divide, and we will go for a fairly steep hike up the Skyline South Trail. That is this Sunday. Uh, what can, do you know about that one? You can rent snowshoes yeah. at the Weber State Outdoor Program, and you can also rent them down at the Gear 30. Find them, get some, show up, and we shall go for a hike this Sunday. I'm a fan of that Sunday program. That's a nice program. Uh, the Weber Pathways by a Foot Drawing will end this Sunday as well at Slackwater. There's still time to donate to your favorite nonprofit, the Weber Pathways. Um the, everyone who donates five, donates five bucks for a foot of trail has a potential to win a huge prize pack that they're giving away. So uh, WeberPathways.org for more information. And then the giveaway is this Sunday at Slackwater. It's in the afternoon. Valentine's Day is coming up. So Snow Basin is hosting a Valentine's Day dinner at Needles Lodge. 75 bucks per plate. But hey, you can tell your date we're heading to Snow Basin for Valentine's Day. And then it is ice climbing season. The Weber State Outdoor Program's heading to Uray, Colorado to go ice climbing again. That is the 15th through the 18th of February. And on the 16th, this is kind of cool, the Coldwater Crucible Nordic Ski Race. So if you're a cross-country skier, you want to race fe February 16th, keep that in mind. And then February 16th, 19th, and 23rd, Gear 30 is, is hosting a intro to whitewater kayaking class. $150 pays for the instruction for three days. Three days instruction, class time, and pool time, and equipment, a kayak, which is a pretty good deal. Uh, February 21st, the Weber State University is having their kayak roll session. So this is the time you're probably getting this idea now. This is the time where you learn to roll your kayak you get in a nice warm pool, swimming pool, and you figure out the basics because their spring runoff here is just in a couple months and you want to be able to have control of your boat so that you can go down the rivers around here. So that's why both we were um, we were outdoor program, Gear 30, they're hosting these, these kayak, learn to kayak stuff. Um, there's some, there's moonlight glides. There's like, there's one, if you go to Weber Pathways calendar, the moonlight glide, will be February 22nd at North Fork Park. There will be much gliding. 
Uh, there sh- may or may not be a moon involved, uh, depending on the clouds. So, yeah. Now, the Weber Rocks Intercollegiate Boulder Comp. If you're a climber, this is where you need to be. You've got to be a climber and a student. It's free. It's February 23rd. Um, so get your training on because you don't have much time for that. Also, on February 23rd, and uh, Todd, you might be able to help me out with this because I'm not really sure what this I mean, I kind of have a basic idea, but maybe you can fill in the blanks here. It's the Ogden Seed Exchange at the Ogden Nature Center. It's They do a seed swap. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you bring your seeds and, and you trade get, them. And you get new seeds. What, yeah. I don't, is it, what do you, why do you, what, what, I don't, talking. you bring in your old seeds and you or get new seeds. seeds. It's like a seed share. Seed share. Exchange. Exchange thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a ski swap, but it's separate. But seeds. Seeds and seeds. So if you like to swap seeds. It's all um, about seeds Yeah, coming up here pretty soon. So <laughs> this is something to think about. You're probably not thinking about it right now, but you will That's be. That's why we're telling you this. Yeah, yeah February no, 23rd is the swap seed day at the Ogden Nature Center. So you, no, need, to, you need to be there. And it's who's like going to know seeds annual. better than the Nature Center? Very true. Just, I, just I think saying. definition alone, nature, center. seeds. Yes, exactly. It's, they are the center of nature. Um <laughs> the <laughs> Sunday Snowshoes series continues on February 24th. That will be the Ogden Canyon Overlook. Uh, also, the Wasatch Powder Keg, the 10th annual Wasatch Powder Keg. This, this is where you go up, not on a chairlift, but by your own power. This will be at Brighton, and it's, uh, that sounds it's like a, a huge ski mountaineering race. Yeah, 10th year. Uh, ski mountaineering is taking on a... I mean, it's getting super popular, so um, that'll be fun. Also... The O Nordic Championship cross country ski races are March 9th. If you are in Nordic skier, look at see all this fun stuff going on. Oh, I mean, so are, like, are you kidding me? All this outdoor stuff. Then there's like you know, another snowshoe party at North Fork Park on March 9th with Weaver Pathways. Now there's um, I wanted to give you a heads up on this: the annual Ogden Climbing Festival. Yes, this is huge. So much fun, and it's a blast. There's usually one, if not multiple professional climbers that attend the climbing fest it's three days of fun you have a demo um you have a comp and some sort of slideshow and festival is and there's always copious amounts of swag to be given away followed by like some trail cleanup and um this is going to be it's scheduled already not a lot of details but it's scheduled for april 12th through the 14th so there you go i hope it's the 12th through the 14th uh how, that weekend, however, April 13th, Saturday, is the 15th annual spring session at Powder Mountain. They do spring ski session stuff up there during that day. So, And that's all I got for events. That's a lot, though. So That's it. That's just yeah. tomorrow. That's <laughs> <laughs> Those dates don't mean a thing. That's, all, that's everything you need to do tomorrow. Uh, quote of the week is... I went through a period at boarding school when my coaches wanted me to switch to snowboarding because they thought I was no good at skiing. I was too skinny. I had terrible technique. They were saying I should be a snowboarder, and luckily, I resisted. That is Bodie Miller. Yeah, he seems to be pretty good these days. So, uh, parting words, my friends? Uh, enjoy the day today. Yeah, because it's supposed to snow as early as tonight, I hear. Mm-hmm, and I think it's going to last for a couple days. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, should yeah, the storm's rolling is absolutely gorgeous outside. People walking around without jackets on for the first time in a day or two. Um, it's really nice. You guys missed it, you Virginia folks. It was really cold here. Was it really cold? Did you have a cold spell a couple weeks yeah, ago we back getting, where you were? We were getting some of that too. Were you uh, twenty three and then it went up to seventy for one day. You were you were down as low as twenty three though. It was I yeah, twenty three yeah. yeah for a couple days in a row too. So the first the first snowshoe session I led by <clears throat> by myself. Um, because no one showed up. Well, I took my dog, and he had a blast. We'll it was out. zero. Was I? I don't know where you were. Avalanche um, territory. Yeah, it wasn't avalanche territory. <laughs> uh, it was zero degrees in the parking lot. That's why. Zero degrees. That's why I didn't go. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Zero degrees. At nine zero. o'clock in the morning at Wheeler Canyon, it was zero degrees in the parking lot. And then as you hiked up, it got so much more warm because warm the the sun came out, and you're you're kind of up above the the haze, and it reached seven. Degrees. Oh, it was like super That's hot. The temperature right You're there. shedding layers Perfect. at that seven. I, I yeah. almost shed a layer. Yeah, yeah. I thought I might need to, but I did unzip a little bit. Had your fingers been working? Um, true. You got <laughs> working. So then, but then as I descended back to the car, 
again, by the time I got back to the car, it was zero still. It didn't, like, didn't change the thing. I don't this know. This last was, Sunday's snowshoeing was amazing. Was uh, that so was fun. perfect. That was, what were the temps there? About 30. Oh, it got up to, my watch clocked a, a 40 something there towards the top where we were getting closer to snow basin. So we hit the old Art Nord and we just went off trail, followed fun. someone else's trail somewhere. We just went up. That's what we did for over I a I think we're going to have a good turnout on Sundays. Yeah, this weekend, this Sunday is is a little more difficult. Uh, I should say a lot more difficult than the last one we did. That one was very beginner friendly. Yeah, not a lot of altitude increasing. But this one is is uh, it's pretty tough. We're gonna Let's go straight up here. But it's not. It's yeah. We'll see. It'll be fun if we can get to where I want to get. You're basically walking the spine over Ogden, and it's absolutely gorgeous. So. What about for like East Coasters? East Coasters, you guys will die trying to make it. No, it's you should you should give it a shot because we, I, we might it, come out. You're athletic, yeah. and uh, if you can if we you can get up to the point where I'd like to get everyone, it's so gorgeous up there. It's just really Grim. steep for a short amount of time. But once you get up there, it's sort of flat. You know, I mean, it's a more gradual once you get up there, and you can just walk kind of forever uh, above Ogden. It's really cool. Hopefully, if, if the storms are over by then, but you never know. We can go in it though. Yeah. So I do have a uh, song to go out with this week. Did um, you choose a good one? I actually downloaded a new song uh, by Metric. It's "Breathing Underwater." Have you ever tried that? By the way, it's like, mm. I'm terrible at it. For like a second. <laughs> yeah. For like for a, <laughs> maybe a few seconds, and then it turns into something else. <laughs> so thank you for listening to Sheer Panic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Ogden Outdoor Adventure Show right here on KWCR 88.1 Weber FM, Ogden's radio station. We will see you next week. And, and we'll see you Sunday. Uh, yeah, that's true. Thank you, Todd at the Top. Appreciate it. And thank you, cousins, for coming in Thanks, studio guys. and uh, celebrating this wonderful week with us. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll take you out with a little bit of, of metric trying to breathe underwater. So. <laughs> just gargling. Yeah, it's just a little bit. <laughs> Does it sound like you're trying to breathe underwater right now?